Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello! Hello! Welcome to the Priester edition of Adrift. The Priester? Yeah, it's pre-Easter. Oh, right. Yeah, the Priester. Yeah, that's what you call this period. It's Priester. Of course you do. Yeah. Priester. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry we're late. Mm. You had a good explanation for that. Yeah, the clock's going forward. Yes, so yeah. so um, sorry about that. But yeah. we are on uh, BST now. Yeah, we're here. You just criticised me for not changing the clock on my oven. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't criticise you. I commented on it. It was a barbed comment. It was, wasn't it? I went, yes. oh, you've There was not... judgment. There was <laughs> judgment in the comment. It's like the maybe don't know how to do it. Am I right? Here's the thing. If I was to prod at some buttons, mm. I could probably do it. Right. But do you know what I'm going to do? Mm. Ride it out until <laughs> six <laughs> till autumn. Right, yeah. yeah. Good for you. Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, but the, once upon a time, I used to go around changing clocks. But now that the phone just knows what time it is, mm-hmm. it makes it hard. It makes it seem like a lot of a f- lot of fuss, doesn't it? <laughs> Does it? I've only got one to do, and it's the oven one. Same. I have worked out how to do it, although it did take three years. So <laughs> <laughs> somebody was saying to me the other day, and I've heard people say this before, that they they have their watch set seven minutes fast. Oh, so they're never late. Yes. Hmm. And I just think, for the first few days that would work. After that, your brain just compensates. Yeah. I would just constantly be looking at the time and thinking, oh, but it's not really seven minutes yeah. past eight then. I've got another seven minutes. I'm yeah. not that easily fooled. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Do you think that maybe we're geniuses? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, now, we're not here next week. We are here next week. It's the week after we're not here. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping we were messing next week, actually. Oh, why? Because Sarah's brother and his family are coming. Ah. So we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot of a lot of people here. Mm. So we've got Sam and his wife Sarah, mm-hmm. and their three kids: Leo, Max, and Baby Sol, who isn't a baby anymore. He's four, but you end up just calling them Baby Sol forever. Yeah. Or whatever the name is, not Sol. No, 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 no. Um, oh, uh, so so we'll 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 figure it out. There might be a lot of noise in the background of next week's podcast. Mm, mm. Um, but uh, I've been checking the weather forecast, and it's giving out rain, and I feel personally responsible. 
Oh. Do you ever have this when people come to visit yeah. that you feel responsible for the weather? And you're, you're, you're apologising for it like it is your fault. Yes. I'm so sorry about this. And, and it's particularly high stakes because Sam's wife, Sarah, I'm not saying she dislikes it here, but, you know, there are places you go and you think, I've seen that now. Yes. I think that's how she feels about the United Kingdom. And when there are probably warmer places, particularly in April, that she'd like to go. Yeah, or or just play. You know, she, I think she'd either rather be somewhere warmer or somewhere she hasn't seen before. Right. Or somewhere she has some kind of click with. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think any of those things apply here. And and what makes it worse is the last time they came over, she didn't come. So so she stayed at home with the the youngest baby Sol. Right. Sam came with the other two boys, mm. and. Um, we had such a great time, not because she wasn't here. It's was just the weather was nice. Oh. And I um, ended up making a video of all the different things we did and editing it together. And it, it, I think maybe that's why she decided to come this time. Oh, She saw that video and thought, oh, actually, it's not so bad. Maybe I remember it's been rainy, but it isn't. And actually, look how much fun they're having. Mm-mm. But now she's going to come and it's going to be miserable. We're not going to be able to do very much because it's raining. Right. <laughs> what to look forward to for her. And I feel like it's my fault. Mm-hmm. I feel like the weather's my fault. I feel like a misleading video of how much fun <laughs> she'd have is all my fault. It's like a false advert, false advertising. And it's yes. Like that was what you did. Yeah. yeah. And she's American, so she might sue me. <laughs> probably they lo- will. They love suing the oh, Americans. You're going to lose the house. Yes. Oh, God. Um, what else was to tell you about? Oh, so Sarah and I had to go and do a thing yesterday. Which meant we needed to to find a babysitter to pick Gene up from school and then spend the time with him between school and, and bedtime, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Now, let me know if you think this is taken a liberty. Sarah, Sarah said to the babysitter, oh, actually, he's got some uh, homework. Would you do that with him? There's a project that he's he's got to hand in. Mm. And it was making a sculpture of an Easter bunny, Ooh. making a model. Do you think that is a big ask? Well, I mean, that's a big ask from the school, in my opinion. For mm. a, how old is he? Seven? Not quite. Not yeah. quite. Nearly seven. I think that's a big ask in itself. Uh, but if she's been paid to do the homework, yeah. Is she being? Is, baby, well, is, that, is that included in the babysitting? Oh. Because I know that neither Sarah or I enjoy making a model. Right. So I feel like Sarah thought, "Oh, this is great. I can palm this." miserable oh it was miserable task it wasn't due in like it wasn't you, there was other times when you could have done it with him yeah, oh, yeah, okay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah that's bad yeah <laughs> okay right right i thought it was given to him that day at school no 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 no, been, no, oh, no 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 he'd no, had no. like a week or more oh, what no that's terrible yeah yeah that's she didn't bad. want to do it no so she thought, oh, that's good. terrible yeah good yeah, yeah, glad yeah. you think that <laughs> i wouldn't dare say that to her no no anyway so um we've been out at this thing and the the babysitter texted me pictures photos of the models they'd made Ooh. and they were such fun and I, w- I wanted to join in with the fun but I couldn't think of anything fun to text back so I'm like going through my like doing a little brainstorming inside my own head okay pottery sculpture what can I send back and um had a brainwave found something on YouTube copied the link sent it as soon as I pressed send I thought, why, why did I do that? That is so deeply weird. Oh no, what is it? What was it? I found on YouTube 
the potter's wheel scene from Ghost. Oh, what? That's weird. I, well, in, in my defence, <laughs> I've never seen Ghost. Right, you've never seen Ghost? Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this wheel scene, Potter's wheel scene, for anyone else who hasn't seen Ghost, I don't know who that might be, is you've got Demi Moore making something in the Potter's wheel and then her, spoiler alert, pause, her dead husband comes as a ghost and like wraps himself around her and they kind of make something... And it's erotic. Am I, am I remembering that right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a scene when they do it in real life and then he comes back as I don't a ghost. Know. Anyway. I don't know. But it's weird. It's, it's, it's an erotic pottery scene it is erotic. With, with, uh, with, with someone from beyond the grave. Yeah. And I think I knew what the... So in my head, I'm just thinking, oh, what can I send? They've been doing some pottery. Oh, there's a pottery scene in Ghost. And I, I knew what it was, but I hadn't really thought it through. <laughs> and then I pressed send. And I had to say to Sarah, I think I've just done something really strange. So, I don't know which is the worst case scenario here. Hmm. Either she received it, this this young woman in her early twenties, oh. and it's it's a, a creepy, nearly fifty year old man sending her some sensual pottery. <laughs> oh God! Oh, or God. and maybe this is better, maybe it's worse. I don't know. There's some kind of suggestion that making a model with my six-year-old son was in some way a sensual erotic experience for her can i add something else into this oh no there's not something i haven't considered well can you bear in mind that what is she early 20s yeah. you know how old that film is i know it's a cultural reference point for you <laughs> but to her she's, she's never seen that film it's not a cultural like thing for her oh god it's not a thing oh god so you've just sent her something like, extremely random just you've sent her just erotic pottery that's it the end let me be. Let me ask you a question. Be honest with me. Mm. Who did the worst thing? Me sending the erotic pottery video, or Sarah asking <laughs> her to help our kid with his homework? It's very close. Very. But. But. You. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right, Annabelle. Let's hear from the drifters. Oh, now first of all, we have some correspondence about the colour of underwear. Oh, Male interesting. underpants. I was saying that I bought my friend uh, underwear for his 50th birthday and I couldn't... Yeah, I, I bought him some tighty whities and then took them back because I, I don't think he should be wearing them. I think there's a type of man who can wear them and he's not it. Okay. Tony Cox says, your discussion on the subject of underpants has caused me to question my whole life choice of white... For the Ooh. subject clothing. My mother always provided me with white. In fact, I'm not sure that there was an alternative, having been born in the later part of the Second World War. I have continued to stick to that without exception. I do now know that there are coloured versions, and I've always seen them as the attire of punk accountants and Lotharios from the amateur dramatic groups. <laughs> the thought of me wearing them because I could be a male model makes me smile as I was the prototype nine stone weakling who got sand kicked in his face. I would agree that being a set is important. I prefer the comfortable garment made by Jockey. Having ridden the horse the once, I can qualify. <laughs> Interesting. Now, did, didn't I say... Hmm. Did, did I say tight white underwear is, is uh, the preserve of the male model? Hmm. And? Was hmm. there not an and? What was the and? I, d- I did say, and um, I'm so, sorry to... Bun- Bundle you in here, do you know? I'm saying the older gentleman, maybe like Bert from Adrian Mole. Oh, you did. 
you did, you did. Are so, you saying that Tony Cox has got beetroot stains on his whites? I'm saying that Tony Cox, if he's not 80, he's approaching 80. Yeah, 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 must be. And I'm unsurprised that a gentleman of that vintage is wearing the white underwear because uh, as Tony points out, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's probably rationed. <laughs> Uh, our uh, Annabelle and I used to have a producer called Nelson and his dad had been an immigrant from Ghana and do you remember that story Nelson told us that when his dad arrived in the country like the government provided him with Marks and Spencer's underwear oh yeah like on arrival vests like, and pants yeah vests and pants yeah yeah and, and then so that would have been I don't know what late 60s early 70s mm. and um the, the thing they were told about Marks and Spencer's is, oh, if there's something wrong, you can always take stuff back. And and he tried to take some of these underpants back in 1986. Yeah, yeah. Many, many years later. Yeah, yeah. I think he tried to get Nelson to do it for him. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I just think there's a lot of risk with white underwear. Yes. I think I may have made that clear last yeah, week. Yes, we all understand what you mean. Okay, let's move on. Good. To Tom. I decided to pop to my local supermarket for a cheeky cooked breakfast before work. I enjoyed my food and left with enough time to make the journey to work. However, as I was leaving, I somehow got talking to a fairly nice chap, but who horrifically overshared his whole life with me outside the entrance to the supermarket. Whilst I continued to sit from a long empty Coke can trying to look like I was listening, he delved into how little he and his other half make love, as well as the Class A drugs he used to take in his 20s. He went on to how he makes sure his daughter always brushes his, her teeth because he doesn't have many left himself and how his granddad had three wives on the go at the same time. The whole time I'm just smiling and trying to keep the conversation light, sipping from an empty Coke town while passers-by stare as they catch small strange snippets of our conversation that mostly involve police raids, drink driving and how, oh, I got smacked as a kid and I turned out fine. I finally arrived at my desk nearly one hour oh, late for work oh. just because I couldn't excuse myself from the stranger and with no choice but to tell my boss that I'm a hopeless drifter and promise to stay late to make up for it. I understand. I, understand. I, I frequently find myself in these types of situations and it's because I don't... I think like, if I was to cut the conversation short, then I'd look like I'd, I think I'm better than I am. Yes, it's very tricky. You need you need Sarah in this situation. The speed with which you can somebody came knocking on the door asking for something or other the other day, like the 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 door was closed. It was closing before it was fully open. <laughs> and and yet it's not rude. Okay, it's just assertive. Right, I right. don't understand it at all. She needs to hold lessons, seminars for us all. Yes, mm. but we we can't do it. No, of course not. It's beyond our capabilities. Very much so. Accept your limitations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then finally from Grand Baroness Kate. I'm a midwife and a drifter. The two aren't completely compatible and I've had to work hard over the years to suppress at least some of my driftery tendencies whilst in the workplace. Thankfully, I'm now much better at this than I once was, but I wanted to share with you one instance from some years ago when was st I was still experiencing peak mortification at most interaction with others. Sorry, this story is a little bit graphic, maybe PG. After having a baby, one of the standard checks a midwife will do is to check whether the woman has sustained any tears to her vagina. She adds, please feel free to replace this word with one you are comfortable saying. It's taken me many years of work to be able to vocalise it, so I understand if you can't. Ladies Luli. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. I, I really like the textbook words for things. Right, Luli, right. No, no, I'm saying vagina. Yeah. I'm very happy. <laughs> All right, very that's happy. a weird textbook you're reading. <laughs> 
in a lot of women, there is some minor, I don't know how to say this word, suturing, 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 oh, suturing, suturing, yeah, suturing yeah, yeah. that needs to be done and involves the midwife sitting at the bottom of the bed with the woman's legs propped up in the air whilst you complete the stitches. This places you at quite close range to a woman's undercarriage for probably up to 30 to 40 minutes whilst you complete the task. During one of these occasions, I delivered the baby of a young couple. The mum was holding the baby and the dad was in the corner on his phone, probably on Facebook or Instagram. This happens frequently. I cannot tell you how much midwives hate it. I was suturing, suturing the woman. And so, as described, was in close proximity to her whilst her legs were up in stirrups. I was concentrating pretty hard as I was still relatively newly qualified and suturing isn't the easiest thing to learn. Then the woman farted. As I was situated probably about half a metre from the area in question at the time, I was, shall we say, in the firing range. I was so close, in fact, that I even felt a little breeze upon my cheek as the wind escaped her. (laughs) I was mortified and equally didn't want to embarrass her, so chose to say nothing and carry on. Unfortunately, the dad had also witnessed this. He did not choose to ignore the vent in the same manner. Instead, he chose to say to his girlfriend, Oh, Charmaine, name change. You just farted in her face, man. That's disgusting. (gasps) Now I became doubly embarrassed, both for the woman and for the fact that I had chosen not to say or do anything. Did I come across as someone who just lets a woman fart in their face? Needless to say, I finished the task as quickly as possible and asked a colleague to transfer the couple to the postnatal ward for me to avoid any further interaction. (laughs) I th- I think you did the right thing. What else could you do? Yeah, you're not going to shame her. No, there's nothing else to do. Th- there might be a little, I don't know if you, even a little joke to make her feel comfortable. Like but what? I don't know. Yeah. Better out than in. Oh, no, no. No? No, no. You ha- there's nothing you can do apart from ignore it. I'm, I'm convinced of this. I was t- I'm trying to remember what the word is. Oh, so when Sarah gave birth, and people people might be listening to this and think, this is a very intimate thing to do with your wife's body you're discussing on the podcast. And to those people, I would say, <laughs> seek, seek out some of her work. <laughs> yeah, very true. Because she she is uh, she she's not somebody who um, feels the need to keep anything private. Mm-mm. So she had an episiotomy, which I think is um, kind of what you're describing when. I think it's when you have a cut rather yeah, than yeah, tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stu- yeah. Um, anyway, it, I remember that 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 health visitor from the local GP. You know, they come round in the first few days after you got a newborn mm. and say, "No, so can I take a look?" Oh yeah, they ask to see your stitches, check your yeah. healing. Okay, yeah. And something had something had gone awry in terms of an infection or whatever. And this health visitor got Sarah to. <laughs> put her legs up and looked at her undercarriage, I think we mm. decided on, didn't we? Mm, mm. Um, and she just went, oh, my God, and turned away. <laughs> I can't believe someone would do that. Do you not know, think there are some jobs you just can't be reactive like that? No. In? I think that that's one of them. Yeah, that's not appropriate. And, and similarly, I think it was just a good instinct of yours not to go, Jesus Christ, <laughs> or anything, like, just pretend yeah, like it yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. The port protocol. Exactly. Send us your story of uh, social, those uncomfortable social moments, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com.
Annabelle? Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. I'm going to start with a question about birthdays. So you're given a card, let's say, and a present. Which do you open first? The card. Of course. Don't want to. No. But you you have to. You have to. Yeah. Because it feels so wrong to open the present first. You've got to do the polite bit. Yes. You've got to go, oh, a card. And then the bit you really want, the present. Yeah, yeah. You've got to pretend you're more interested in a bit of paper where someone's written your name and their name and happy birthday than a gift. Otherwise, you're one step away from an animal grabbing at the press (laughs) and grunting, give me stuff. (laughs) Exactly. The card bit first is just an act, though. Like, nobody wants to open the card first. It's just the build-up. Mm-hmm. I do love birthday cards, though, more so the ones that come through the post. Like something in me feels right, yeah, pathetically yeah, yeah. grateful that someone's remembered yeah, and I, then bothered to buy a card and yeah, then write okay, in it okay. and post it. I told you, the, the, the e-card I made you, <laughs> it, was, it took me a lot longer than it would have taken me to go to a shop and put a stamp on something. I was about to say, but what I like most is an e-card where someone spent all morning making okay. it. I was about to say that. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I don't know about you, but not many people do the e-card or the birthday card through the post. Hmm. I like to tell myself that people just don't do it anymore, but it's probably because I don't have friends anymore. Yeah, I think it's more that. It's more likely. Tom, it was his birthday this week. Don't worry, I bought him a cake. I didn't make one this year. (laughs) He got three cards through the post. A little bit smug about it until he opened the first one and it was from the back pain centre. That's a bad feeling, isn't it? Like They think it's good for custom, but you get a business birthday card and you're not thinking, oh, that's nice. You're thinking, oh, I thought it was from a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bad when your birthday or Christmas cards start being outnumbered. Yes. Ones from people start being outnumbered by the ones from brands. I think this Christmas, last Christmas, I think 50% of our Christmas cards were from businesses and then we got one from a business, one from a friend. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Okay, moving on to how much I've started saying, well, it's not ideal. I started a few months ago. I was in a queue with a friend for a restaurant that doesn't take a reservation. Oh, are, I know, the worst. There are two men in front of us and there's a lot of communal-ish seating, like long tables, but they're kind of divided up. And we can see an area for four that's just been cleared. So my friend says to the men, oh, look, maybe we could all sit there. And they <sighs> say, well, it's not ideal. And now, honestly, I either say it or think it multiple times a day. Here are some examples from the past few days. So Tom has had noodles for lunch, but I also make noodles for dinner. When he mentions this, I say, well, it's not ideal. (laughs) Tom makes one of his regular queries about the washing machine cupboard door that I'd taken off as one of the hinges broke and then leant against the kitchen wall. But this made the wall mouldy, so now I just lean it against the washing machine. And for the second time, it slipped down and hurt Tom's leg. Well, it's not ideal. Tom. Annabelle, I was looking for the car keys for ages and I couldn't find them. Then found one set in your black coat pocket and the spare set in your green coat pocket. Me, hmm, well, that's not ideal. (laughs) But making lasagna for Tom's birthday, the white sauce is lumpy. Well, it's not ideal. I'm already making a a vegan lasagna, which I think we can all agree is not ideal. (laughs) It's brilliant as it acknowledges the situation, but it gives a kind of a my hands are tied and I've done my best vibe, even though we all know that my hands are very free and I've very much not done my best. Here's another one. When thinking about what to talk about today here, I thought, well, what about how much I think and say, well, it's not ideal? Hmm? Well, it's not ideal, but here we are. Hold up. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I've told you I think the, the worst people on earth are. Go on. They are the uh, couriers, bike riders, motorcyclists, who bring delivery food from restaurants. When they take it out of the storage compartment of their bike, they can see that it's leaked. But then they hand it over to you in such a way that conceals <laughs> this and you don't realise until you've closed the door and they've gone. Okay. It enrages me so much. How often is that happening? Well, I, I use these services a, a lot. Right. And I would say 15% of the time. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. tempted even to go to 20. Oh. Uh, well, I'd, I'd say 15% some kind of spillage. But maybe between five and seven percent, actually, where they they smile and hand it over and pretend nothing's wrong, and they don't want the faff of having to acknowledge it, maybe taking of course, it back. Yeah. Because as long as they can get it to you and the door is closed, yeah. then it's between you and the app. Yeah, it's not your problem; their problem yeah. anymore. Yeah, you're taking pictures, you send it, but but, but yeah, while it's in their hands, mm, it's their problem. Mm, mm. And I think that's um, I think oh, it's just it's just so. This happened to me the other day, so I was quite enraged. So I got straight on that app and started pressing all the buttons of what was wrong with the. Cause you can't you can't just tell that you can't ring them mm. and tell them what was wrong, N nor can you write a, a lengthy report as to what was wrong and the circumstances of it. They they don't want to hear from people like me mm. who want to detail exactly what's happened. And he knew I could tell he knew. They don't want to hear that, so they just give you things to tick what was wrong with the food, and then they want a couple of photos. Right. So I did all that. And um, like it automatically issued a refund. And then as I was eating the food, I felt something really hard in my mouth. So I got in there, took it out. And it was a rock. There was a small <laughs> rock in my food. Wow. And I didn't know what to do. Because these once you've complained about something and had a refund, there's no facility within the app to then go, and another thing. <laughs> But I feel that deserves more than a refund. Well, so, that deserves like 10 free meals. So, so then I take a picture of this thing. I might have even saved it somewhere. And I think, oh, I want to, um, maybe maybe I should contact the restaurant directly and let them know about this. Mm. But then I think, I don't want to come across like somebody who's just trying to get a free thing. Maybe they would think, I just put a rock in there. <laughs> so I've got all these pictures of a rock in my hand or a rock <laughs> next to a coin for scale. Oh, God. I don't know what to do with them. Uh, delete them. Yes, I think that is <laughs> yeah, the answer. Yeah. Um, so that was that. What else was I going to tell you about? Oh, um, so we went to a pub for lunch on Sunday. And Sarah could only get his table quite late, like about half past two, because it's a busy pub. 
So we arrive and it's really busy and they need to just go and get the table ready. So we're standing there and I always love to look at the reservations book or the clipboard with all the names and numbers on. Mm, do you think that's weird? Well, what do you like about it? I don't know. Having a nosy, mm. seeing the different names, thinking, oh, maybe I'll see an interesting name on there. Oh, maybe a famous name? That's the only thing that would interest me. Well. Oh, okay. This is what happened. Right. We were there at 2.30. The first reservation, 12 o'clock, the name, Ben Wishaw. Oh, I love him. And he is, what were people known from? James Bond? Yeah. And lots of other things. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, lots of really good BBC dramas, but yeah. Um, and the voice of Paddington Bear, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, rewatch that on Saturday. <laughs> I know you don't like a rewatch, but it's so mm. good. Um, I, don't, I was looking at that thinking, I wonder if it's the same Ben Wishaw. Because it must be, right? Because if, if, if you were called Ben Wishaw mm. and you just happen to have the same name as a famous person... I feel at this point it's a dick move to give your actual real name when you're booking a rest your full name when you're booking a restaurant table because you'd just be getting their hopes up. Yeah, they're just disappointed when. Yeah. Yeah, you turn up. Mm. So it must be the real one, right? Yeah, but then I also think, how annoying would that be if you you stop being able you stop being able to use your own name for restaurant reservations because you were worried that you were going to get some preferential treatment. Mm. Or maybe you would use it together. I don't know. Oh. Very intrigued to know what people would do in that circumstance. There are some names which are very like commonplace, I guess. Yeah, I don't think that's many Ben Wishels around. But can can you get to the? Did you see him? No, because we were two, oh, uh, two he was and a half. Yeah, yeah. So right, right. so I've I've got no idea at all. Oh. Um, and then the third option, of course, is that somebody could have just booked a table under the name Ben Wishaw. To get preferential treatment. Do you think people do that? Well, I've wondered. I've wondered about that. Like, what if you booked a restaurant table in the name of, say, Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> and I'm picking a name. I did once see somebody I've said before holding up a sign, Ben Benedict Cumberbatch, at the airport, and my first thought was, I wonder if it's the same uh, one. Um, see, that would be a bad choice if that's what you were doing, because Ben Wishaw, you could just about get away with that's your name, but there's only one Benedict Cumberbatch. So you've got. You need to pick a name that probably is a celebrity, so you get the tr special treatment. But actually, you could easily say, oh, no, that's just my name. But, that, but but do you run the risk that the people at the restaurant think you're pulling one over on them and then they're so disappointed that you're not the film star that they start spitting in your food? <laughs> I don't think they do that, do they? I don't do know. They? Don't so what I would do, if I was going out for a meal with Sarah, I'd book a table for three under the name Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh, no. And then when we sit down, be looking at my phone go, oh, <laughs> I'd say to the waiter, oh. oh, actually, our friend isn't able to join us. It's just going to be the two of us. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. And then they might really suck up to you because they, they want you to go and say nice things about them <laughs> to Benedict Cumberbatch. Sure, that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we solved that. Quandary mm. Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic then. From Jenny, firstly, we are currently house hunting for the very first time. We own a flat, but rented it first and bought it off the landlord directly, simply to avoid estate agents. However, we are now looking to move and have no idea how to interact when viewing a property. Last night, we went to view a house and it was the most awkward experience of my life. The lady showing us around seemed perfectly nice and I truly believe that it wasn't any failure on her part that made it so uncomfortable, but it definitely felt that in the end she just couldn't wait to get rid of us. 
please help. I have no idea what to say and how to behave in this situation or how openly you can talk about the property in front of the agent. We are soon to view another property with the same agent and any tips or advice would be greatly appreciated. A secret estate agent special would be very useful. Yes. That'd be a good one. It really would. So first thing I want to say before I say something that doesn't reflect very well on me. Oh, go on, yeah. First thing I want to say before that is I once had an estate agent with whom I had such a nice uh, relationship that we have remained friends and exchanged Christmas cards. Okay. That in mind. Hmm. Something I've noticed myself do is especially in London, is basically I just assume that estate agents are, are awful and they're slimy and they're, you know, they're trying to con you and pull the wool over your eye. You know, it's just the assumption. Mm -mm. So I don't think I'm my best self when I'm dealing with them. Okay. To the extent that I, th I think the, the guy we dealt with when we bought this house... I was feeling quite guilty about it recently because I think I was a bit unpleasant with him. Kurt, pushy, you know, these kinds of things. Mm -mm. And looking back on it, I, th I think it was a bit of a, um, pardon my French, but a dick move on my part. Right. So I was even thinking of like apologising to him 10 years later. <laughs> so I walked past his office on the way to take Jean to school. Mm. And then I remembered that when we completed and I went to the, get the keys, he, he didn't, I went to shake hands with him and he wouldn't shake my hand. And he pretended, pretended, I feel that he pretended that he had a cold or something oh. to not shake hands. But oh. I think he took such a disliking to me mm. that he just didn't want to shake hands with me. Wow, that's quite extreme. Yeah. So then I think, oh, screw that guy then. Mm, mm. I was right all along. Yeah, yeah. You do, you don't uh, you don't refuse the extended hand. No, I mean that takes a lot of guts. It to does. Just, did he say or I've got I'm not touching people? I've got a cold. Something like that, but it didn't right. sound believable. And this yeah, was pre-pandemic. Yeah. There's a now I wouldn't question that at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd respect it. Mm. Back then, I, d I just thought you're making that up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what's the question? So, yeah, sorry. What your point is, sorry. No, I so it's um it, just the awkwardness of being in someone else's house. How do you behave? Now, whenever I watch, which I do quite a lot, something like location, 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 I'm always so shocked when people say something disparaging about the house because not only are they saying it in front of because of course they're gonna watch the occupiers, but like they're saying it publicly to humiliate them. If I was on that show, which maybe one day I will be. I don't have any plans, but maybe I would just be saying, I'd be, oh, look at that beautiful, um, I don't know, it could be something disgusting. Look at that beautiful orange toilet. I would, wouldn't say anything rude. Let me tell you something. There's going to be some process for going on that show. Mm. And do you know what they're doing? Mm. Weeding out people who won't say rude things. Oh. They want people, they, they want yeah. those people that's on TV. Oh, that's a shame. 
Well, I, I won't ever nice, going on that show, though. Yeah, I just want nice people on mm, telly. Nobody mm. would watch it. I always wondered, this is slightly an aside. Apart from on Bake Off, where, you, you know, they really do have to be nice people. Yes, of course. I always wondered on that show, and this is boring for someone who's never watched it, but, you know, they show the prospective house buyers, say, three or four different properties. Yes. Are there houses that they find that are actually better suited to them, but the owners say, no, we don't want to be on television? That's a great question. I'm so intrigued by that that I once tweeted Kirsty Ilsa, but she ignored me. Well, so we I think the answer is yes. It makes a mockery of the show, doesn't it? It does, of course. Yeah. I wouldn't let my house go and I'd be mortified. They'd have to get a deep cleaner in first. If I went on a show like that, I would feel I had to buy it. Even if I didn't like any of the places <laughs> they show me, I'd feel like I had to buy it and live in it out of, out of politeness. <laughs> the, the people who just say, no, we didn't like any of them. We'll just keep looking by ourselves. The nerve of them. I know. But, but yet but... they're experts. You say that you're better than the experts. I know people who've, who've looked at 50 places. I, I do think people get carried away. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, you might have to kiss a few frogs, but at the same time, there's just just find somewhere to live. <laughs> Listen, we haven't answered Jenny's question at all. What, so, how to make it less awkward? Pretend you're mute? No, you have to... Um, Okay, it's, I'm trying to I'm trying to like feel the feeling of what you need to give. Ah, I think you just need to. So I just go. Mm-hmm. I think you just need to do that kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't need to give very much. Just 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 sort of polite agreement mm. as she shows you things. Look at this. They've got some uh, saloon doors into the breakfast bar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being uncommittal. Oh, I'm tempted to go a bit further and say that every room has needs a compliment. Really? How, however big or small. Just one compliment Feels per exhausting. room. exhausting. You could pretend that you're a non-English speaker, mm, I suppose. Mm, mm. I mean, really, just do as much as you can online. Go in, get a quick feel for it, get out again. Yeah, but you're still in the place with the person. I mean, who are these people going in with tape measures and lying down on floors? Very and strange. Looking under rugs. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're probably doing it right. That's who these people yeah, are. Yeah. Okay, is that answered? Yeah. Mm, kind of. Okay, let's go on to Richard. Very long time listener, and I would welcome your advice. I'm not a drifter by nature, but do have a few drifter tendencies. I've started a new job this week. All good, and everyone is very nice. My job is in central London, and to get to work, I need to get a train from my home, which is in the heart of commuter belt. The trains into town run every half hour and I have to hit a certain train after dropping off the kids at school to make it on time. All good. However, my new boss, who is really nice, lives two stops further along the train line from me. So when I get on the same train, he's already there. Now, in honesty, I don't think he wants to converse with me and, like me, probably enjoys time to himself. But we do this awkward dance every morning of avoiding each other, as not only do we have to get the train, but also two tube to get to the office. Any advice on what to do or how to avoid this would be welcomed. I mean, I'm fairly sure that your instinct, I know I'm very sure your instincts are right. They don't, they don't want to be having a morning conversation either for this journey. You're right in that. Mm. So, what can you do to make it less awkward, though? Well, isn't it just? It's not a one carriage train. I'm just checking. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that exists. No, <laughs> especially not in commuter belts. No, yeah, maybe yeah. if like you're on the Festiniog Mountain Railway or something. <laughs> yeah, but, um, <laughs> a funicular. We could work on a funicular. Um, I. I think. 
He's got his place on the platform and the place where he gets on the train. He, he, so he gets on two stops yeah. further along the train line. But he's already on it. So when he, point, yeah, yeah, so when he gets further to, back. So you need to work out, because people do, a creature's a habit. He will be yeah. in a certain carriage. Yeah. You need to work out. The furthest point from him. Yeah. And then you won't see him on the train. And then. And then at the other end, either you, you know, you book it, you go really fast when you. Yes. So, so if you're at the front of the train, and yeah. he's at the back. Yeah, yeah. Then you really have to leg it. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's the other way around, you really have to dawdle. Exactly. That's, there we go. Totally sold. Yes. Yep, yeah, fine. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a story for us of your own social ineptitude, you can send that to us. We would welcome it with open arms. Clasp it to our comely bosom. Uh, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Same email address uh, if you have a quandary that you would like us to solve in Quandary Corner. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, that's patreon.com stroke adrift. We appreciate it you greatly if you do that we don't have favourites we don't we don't make any distinction between our Patreon supporting listeners and our non-Patreon supporting no, listeners no absolutely not publicly but in our <laughs> heads we do <laughs> uh, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music Carla Gowlett took our photos Kim Rainey designed our artwork and um, they, the, the podcast is just a wee bit shorter than usual this week, which, um, how, how would you describe that? Well, it's not ideal. Pardication time. This comes from Rachel Finn, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. The slight pause after Finn was, I was thinking about those nice crackers, Finn crisps. Finn crisps. Oh, okay. Don't know Jeff, those. Oh, I think, you've, I think you'd know them if you saw oh, them. Okay. Very nice. Um, long time listener. First time emailer. Oh, lovely. That's a lovely thing so to hear. So nice to hear that. I know this is painfully last minute. When was this sent? And not, not that last minute. No, not oh. at all. It was absolutely fine. Um, but if you have a slot, I would love to podicate an episode to my son Arno. Arno's a good name, isn't, mm, isn't it? it? Yeah, I like that. What's the what's provenance of Arno? No idea. So is there an Arno in Italy? Short for Arnold? No, probably not. Oh, it could be short for Arnold. Yeah. Um, whose thirteenth birthday is on Tuesday, the twenty eighth of March? Just yesterday. Ah, mm. oh, or two days ago. By the time you hear this, yeah. Sorry, if if it hadn't been for the clocks going forward, oh, no. he would have got this on time, wouldn't oh, no. he? Arno is an adrift listener, first overhearing me listen, and now an independent listener in his own right. He's working his way through your archive at the moment. Fancy that. Mm. Wow. There's a lot of Drek in there. <laughs> and I'm only talking about my bits, not your well, bits or I, the stuff from I mean, the over, what, how, five, six years, you know, it's bound to happen. I really think I started to unravel that for, for most of the pandemic, though. Hmm. Looking back, it had its way with me. 
Well, I've not re-listened to it, so... No, but you lived through it and it wasn't... uh... Well, I was living through the pandemic, so I've got a dread thing what's coming out of my mouth, so (laughs) let's just just forget it ever happened. Um, I'd really like to say what a smashing human being Arno is. What a lovely thing. Isn't it? Um, Last night, he volunteered to keep me company at his old primary school's disco as I was taking his younger sister, Orly, along. We sat, watching the sugar fueled chaos around us, companionably, 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 that was a difficult word for me, wasn't it? Um, Chatting about our days and how we were feeling. That's lovely. Isn't it? A drift came up as we talked, as in having an adrift moment is a really useful shorthand for saying something was a little awkward. (laughs) That's nice to know. Yeah, yeah. That's our legacy. Yes, yeah, that's it, yeah. (laughs) Um, Arno is nowhere near the drifter I am. In fact, he got just the right amount of drifteriness from me, which shows up in his empathy and thoughtfulness. He's also talented and brave, and that's all him. God, let me tell you something. We have had a lot of podications recently where there's there's been a bit of tragedy. Mm. And I find myself, as you know, I'm, I easily move to tears and I get weepy and I'm holding back tears. And, and I was looking forward to reading this because it's just a nice 13th birthday. Mm. And then, as you will have just heard in my voice, I was cracking <laughs> up just think, thinking what a like, beautiful email this mm. is. Um, I'm very tired. Okay. Um, <laughs> He recently played a female part in his school's play. What did we say say the right word was for a female part? Did we? Luli, did we say? No, that doesn't mean that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You knew that. I know. Uh, And he was so blooming great that his own granddad failed to spot him. Oh, wow. Amazing. Happy birthday, Arno, from Mum and Orly. Orly's also a listener, but 100% non-drifter. I can't believe you could make me prouder. But yet, see, I'm going again. Mm. I know you will. Many thanks and all the best. Um, This podcast is an essential social service. I think we're in an emergency. I think um, it goes police, ambulance, (laughs) fire brigade, coast guard, us. Mountain Rescue. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then the AA. Yeah. Both iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Finn, PS. As an aside, Arno and I were wondering as we chatted if either of you has ever been caught out by one of the confessions you've made on a drift uh, by someone you've referenced also listening. I can't go into detail, but yes is the answer. There are certain names that I've stopped using completely because I've been taken to task over it. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. Yes. You'll have to tell me. I will. Oh, I will. Mm. Let's press stop and I'll tell you. Mm. Happy birthday, Arno, um, from Orly and your mum, Rachel. I hope it was a fantastic birthday. Uh, it, It sounds like you're... Somebody who knows how to enjoy life, so I'm sure it is. And if you'd like a publication, email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.